This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra. Here in Dallas, the activists are studying labor communications. Now, I don't claim to be a professional communicator. I never took a college course on it, but I have been doing it for well over 50 years. So here's some of the aspects of labor communications as I understand it, starting with probably the most effective down to possibly the least effective, but all of them really matter. The most effective way to communicate for labor in America today is to get on the commercial media. Now holding a picket line or a rally is something that's very, very good. If a lot of people in cars see you, that's a good thing. If you're able to put a picture or two on Facebook afterwards, that's a good thing. But nothing compares to getting on national television. You can actually get your message to millions of people if you do it right with your public activities. Another good way to reach people is also through the commercial media and that's letters to editors and op-eds. Op-eds are unsolicited editorials written by people who don't work for the newspaper or the news agency. So letters to editors are very widely read. They're among the most read parts of every newspaper and they have an extra benefit and that is that the reporters tend to all read them because they want to know what the readers think. So if you want to affect public policy, if you want to get labor's message out, it's pretty hard to beat letters to editors. Now paid advertising is generally unavailable to unions because they are not allowed to campaign to the public. They can, however, do paid advertising for real general ideas like, for example, everybody vote. Please vote in November. Uh, a union could pay for a billboard that said, please vote in November, but remember that a union could not pay for a billboard that said, vote for Joe Smith in November. The good thing about union communications is that they can say almost anything they want to to their members. To their members, they can say, vote for Joe Smith in November. Vote twice for Joe Smith in November. They can say pretty much anything as long as they are only talking to their members. And that's why union newspapers were very popular for a long time. However, they're pretty much a thing of the past. There are very few union newspapers nowadays. Radio talk shows are pretty good, and they're usually quite accessible. If someone listens to a radio talk show and calls at the right time, they're very likely to reach hundreds, if not thousands, of people with their message. They have to kind of keep it short. They have to talk very succinctly, but they can do it. Podcasts are good. Uh, when I first started with Labor Radio Network, I think it was the first meeting, so I consider myself a charter member. We had only seven people, and I think we have over 200 now. Not only 
all over the United States, but we picked up some in Canada and in other parts of the world. People who podcast labor's messages, and we help each other to get audiences for that. Unions publish leaflets, and especially for their members, and that's very effective. Unions have bulletin boards. Often they have bulletin boards inside the workplace because they've negotiated that, and that works very well. Their union bulletin boards and union leaflets can be distributed inside the workplace as long as they're careful to do it during break time or before work or after work. Here's a funny way to communicate for the union, and that is wearables. A button with a union slogan on it, just a button that says solidarity is a good thing. A lot of people nowadays are having union shirts, and a lot of those shirts, by the way, are red. Here in Dallas, where I live, the Central Labor Council has voted to try to get everybody to wear red on Thursdays. The reason we picked Thursdays is because the Communication Workers of America were already doing it, and the teachers were already doing it on school board days, which are Thursdays, and the teachers and the Communication Workers are the two largest unions in the Central Labor Council here in Dallas. So we decided to just ask everybody, including the public, to wear red on Thursdays. And I think it's working. Now you get around to electronic communications. I think that websites are, are an essential part of electronic communications, especially because when you put something on a website, it stays there until you get ready to take it down. When you put something on social media, it just goes by. It may be there today and, and maybe gone tomorrow. And also, you don't really know who's going to see it. But when you put something on your website, it stays there. However, websites are a little bit harder and require a little more training than a lot of other ways of reaching out. So many unions fail to have a website or they fail to update their website. Fortunately for the Dallas Central Labor Council and all Central Labor Councils in America, their websites are hosted by the National AF of LCIO. So the website's just given to them. All they have to do is keep it up to date. But if you check around, you see that a lot of them don't. The state of labor communications is not nearly what it could be. And that's not even my main complaint. I'll get to my main complaint in a moment. There's something else that can be done with websites that people may not realize is that websites are very flexible for teaching. You can use a website, for example, with programmed learning. You can have an essay on one page and a bunch of questions. And you can have the answers on another page and have the learner go back and forth between the two pages trying to figure out the answers to his or her questions and then going back to the original material. That can be done. I have done it and it works. So websites have a flexible 
way of teaching. And when you get a good lesson on the website, it stays there. So I really recommend having a website in your plans. Social media is all the rage and especially Facebook. Now I know that for moralistic reasons, some people do not like Facebook and I don't care. There are nearly 3 billion people on Facebook. If you want to reach a lot of people, Facebook is good. Something you can do with Facebook that a lot of people do not do and that they should do is they should go to their union Facebook or their Central Labor Council Facebook page and click on invite friends because they can add to the reach of those union Facebook pages by inviting their own friends to like the one from the Central Labor Council or from their union. That's expanding our network of communications network by helping each other. And that brings me to my main complaint. <laughs> my main complaint is there is very little networking among unions. There are some unions with very, very good outreach. There are some unions with very, very little outreach, but hardly any of them work together. Someone posts on their Facebook page and it doesn't get picked up on somebody else's Facebook page. Someone puts something on their website. Somebody from another union never even looks at it or never even sees it. So we don't, we haven't really figured out a way to network and to help each other nearly as much as we could. And speaking of network, let me talk for a minute about Action Network. This is also provided by the National AFL-CIO. It's provided to all central labor councils. All they have to do is ask for it. Unions can get it and, you, and some international unions pay for it so that all of their locals will get it. Right down to the individual, even individuals can get an Action Network account and they can get a free one. If they pay a little bit, they can get a better one. The great thing about Action Network is that you can send out many emails, even thousands of emails, without getting marked as a spammer. For most people as individuals, if they start sending out, say, a hundred or so emails at the same time, a lot of those emails are going to end up in people's spam boxes and that person who did it is going to be marked as a spammer so that even when they write a simple message to their mother, it's very likely to get marked as spam in the future. So using Action Network is a way to get around being marked as a spammer. Consequently, for example, here in Dallas, I have 6,700 emails. I could send to all 6,700 of them if I wanted to. It would only take me a few minutes and I would not have any of them fall into the spam box. But there are some reservations about Action Network. For one thing, if someone puts it in their spam box, if someone just says, I'm tired of seeing what Gene Lance has to say, and they mark him as a spammer, 
they will never get another message from me because as far as the internet is concerned they have just rejected me and it's going to be like that forever it is very very hard to change that once it's done another problem is that people do like what you send out and they tend to forward it that means that some people are going to get it twice and if they do get it twice they're very likely to mark the second one as spam so it's going to interfere with future communications so do not forward messages that you receive through Action Network. If you want to forward the information, use cut and paste, but don't forward the whole message. Action Network actually as a service has a, a new service called Action Builder. It's only been around two or three years. That's an organizing tool. It's got tremendous potential. It's based like nearly all organizing on telephoning people but it keeps track of everybody, it makes graphs, it helps you with fundraising and a whole bunch of other things. So Action Network and Action Builder, both of which are available through the AFL-CIO, are really fabulous tools to use. Here in Dallas, we have a Speakers Bureau. I've been talking a lot about that lately because I believe that people need motivation a lot more than they need information and nearly all of the ways of communicating that I've talked about so far are one way they come from the top or from the or the person that's doing the communicating they go out to everybody else they don't get much feedback with speakers bureau you get a lot of feedback because a person goes there they're on hand they make a speech to a group, maybe a small group or maybe a large group. They speak to a church or a community group or a civil rights group or another union or, and this is really important, a school class, either a high school or junior high or a college class. Anywhere that they can get in, speak a few minutes with labor's message, listen to people, have a question and answer session and then go back and improve everything about labor. So I am really high on Speakers Bureau. The problem here in Dallas has always been that we couldn't find speakers. We couldn't find people who appreciated the importance of it. We couldn't find people who felt that they could deliver the message. And consequently, I ended up being pretty much the only spokesperson for labor willing to go out and speak to other organizations for the last several decades. But I think that's about to change. Those are all things that are underway and going on now. I should also talk about conversation in real life. Conversation in real life is probably the most effective kind of communication there is. This is where you talk to other workers on the job or where you knock on their door and talk to them at home. That's really effective one-on-one -on -one communication and it's still labor communication. You can also phone bank. Telephone conversations are a lot better than email and can be quite effective, especially if someone's good at it. However, 
It's also considered a nuisance by some people, and it's pretty hard to get people to do phone banking. Almost nobody wants to cold call people. In other words, call people that they don't know and say, here's what I want you to do. We usually only do it during elections and people are good and sick and tired of getting calls from candidates and everybody else during election time. So telephone conversation is very good if you can engage somebody on the phone, but it's a lot of work. People don't like to do it and consequently it's not as used as much nearly as much as it could be used and as it should be used. Here's one last way that I do labor communications. I have business cards. My business card says Gene Lance, President, Dallas Central Labor Council. When I go to a restaurant or when I see someone that I can talk to, I often turn that card over and write a message, a personal message on the back of it. I put on those business cards, join the movement for higher wages. If you're leaving a tip at a restaurant, if it's a $5 bill or a $10 bill, and it's got that card in the middle of it, you might very well find somebody who does want to work with labor and there on the front of it is your phone number and your email address. So there are a lot of ways to communicate. I didn't even mention ordinary mail, which is expensive, but very effective. Postcards, somewhat expensive, very effective. All of labor communication is a way of building our labor movement, a way of improving the solidarity that we have within the labor movement, and a way of reaching out to those people who are going to help us when we really, really need them. This is Gene Lance on the Workers Beat Extra.